Sunday morning, and we are talking about the Christ Mass. You say, I thought that was last month in December. The, the Christ Mass is the, it is the only error and false doctrine of the Bible. It has to do with Babylon. The Bible says that Babylon mothered all idolatry. Where is that? that? Let's just read some of this together. I used to wonder where Babylon was when I was younger at the end of time. We're living in it. Look here in Revelation 17. And in verse 5, the Bible tells you what she is. And you cannot understand what she is unless you realize what she was founded upon. Revelation 17. Let's read verse 1. There came one of the seven angels. The seven angels, you find them in the first chapter of Revelation. The seven angels are the seven stars in the right hand of Christ. That's what the scripture tells us in Revelation 1 and 20. And the seven angels are the seven messengers of the seven churches. Every pastor was called an angel. Angel is merely the word angelos. A-G-G-E-L-O-S. I don't know why they insisted on putting angel in here in the Bible when it merely means messenger. Now, you, can you have heavenly angels? Yes, you can have Michael. Michael was, I believe, God's death angel. Death angel. And Gabriel was God's announcing angel or announcing messenger. It was Gabriel that went to Daniel in Daniel 9, 22 and 23, when Daniel was crying out to the Lord, God, how long are we going to be in captivity? They were carried into captivity. The reason they were carried into captivity was their actions as a nation. Their actions as a nation was under kings. Well, actually, it was also under judges. Judges. When they came into the land to possess the land, uh, Moses didn't lead them into the land. Joshua led them into the land. Joshua was a godly, righteous man. When Joshua led him into the land, in that second chapter of Judges, the Bible says when Joshua died, that Israel went after Baal and Ashtaroth. They went right back. As long as they had a righteous leader, they would behave themselves. But when it says they went after Balaam, B-A-L-I-M, or I-Y-M. Anytime you see I-M or I-Y-M, 
on the end of a word in the Hebrew, it is plural. Now, the Bible says they had a God on every street in Israel, not Jehovah God. They had all these Baal gods on every street. Well, they went after Baal in the grove, went after Ashtaroth. Whenever you see Ashtaroth, this is Christmas right here. You can't study Judges without studying Christmas. You cannot study the Kings without studying Christmas. Christmas was the name that was given to this, this sun and tree worship. Sun and tree. You have to look at definition. It was sun and tree worship when Constantine brought it into the church in 325 A.D. I have got so much information on this. I can't teach this to you if I teach it every service all year long. Because if I teach it all year long, I'm going to have to go back here in Genesis, God warning Israel what he would do to them if they went after other gods. And then Exodus, God lays down the laws. Exodus through Deuteronomy, this is God's law. And he lays the laws down and tells them, if you go after other gods, I'm going to send judgments against you. Judgments. And they went after other gods. God kept telling them. He sent a flood. And after the flood, he, he puts Israel into the promised land, which was Israel. But it wasn't called Israel then. It was called Canaan. And then we get to the judges after they've been in Egypt, after they've been captive in Egypt, or been bondage in Egypt, the bondage and the captivity are two different things. Egypt was the bondage for 400 years. Most people don't even know that at the end of the kings of Israel, they were carried into captivity. And the reason they were carried into captivity was Christmas. No matter whether people believe that or not, that's the truth. Because they went after the sun and the tree god. The tree goddess is the Christmas tree. And I don't even have time to go into that. Anytime I'm talking to somebody about Christmas and Mary is around, my wife, she says, I read Jeremiah 10. The quickest she can say that to doctors or anybody, nurses, when she's in the hospital. Read Jeremiah 10. It's talking about learn not the way of the heathen. Don't be dismayed at them for one cuts a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen, and they deck it with silver and with gold, and they put it on a platform. And the Bible says this tree that they served was a tree that would not rot. It was an evergreen. Israel was involved in that. And whenever you see Ashtoroth, A-S-H-T-O-R-E-T-H, if it's spelled with an O, it's plural. If it's spelled with an E, it's singular. Now, when you see Ashtaroth and you see Grove, which is Asherah, A-S-H-E-R-A-H, A-S-H-E-R-A-H, that's the word Grove. It means an upright goddess, or it was a tree goddess. 
And that tree goddess goes all the way back to the garden. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the pagans said the tree was the giver of all divine gifts to men. So you're either going after the tree, what fulfills the flesh. And what was it she saw in the tree? The tree's good for food, pleasant to the eye, make her wise. John says that's everything in the world that man goes after to fulfill the lust of his flesh. John said in 1 John 2.16, all that's in the world, all in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and pride of life. That's the same three things she saw in the tree. That pride, that lust of the eye, pleasant to the eye, that always amazes me because whatever goes into the eye, the body labors to fulfill, and that is called idolatry, E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. Idolatry comes from two words, ido and latruo. And while I am writing this on the board, I, I, I'm just thinking, most people don't know that the word ido is a word to see or perceive. And you need to learn that because whenever the Bible, when Paul said, I know whom I have believed, I know whom I have believed. Look at that over here in Second Timothy. Look at this. The, the charismatics will quote these chapters. They have no earthly idea what it's talking about. And he will say, Down here in verse 11 of chapter 1, I hear Baptist preachers read this. Verse 10, but it is now made manifest. Well, I need to read a little before that. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but he but be thou partaker of the afflictions. That word affliction is a word. It's, our, it's the word, uh, the word that we normally would call the narrow way, the Thalibo. Be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. He's talking to Timothy pastoring at the church at Ephesus to my, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son there in verse two, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. You have to define words, and you have to look at who they're talking to. 
So Paul is talking to Timothy at the church in Ephesus. Timothy was pastoring the church of Ephesus. He was a pastor. In fact, First and Second Timothy and Titus are called First and Second Timothy and Titus and Second Timothy. These are called the pastoral epistles. Paul wrote to Timothy and he was pastoring right here right on the western end of Turkey pastor at Ephesus Timothy was pastoring at Crete so when he writes to these two men to Timothy at Ephesus and Titus down here at Crete this was their this is what you call letters to a pastor how to pastor a church and they'll tell you all about it now if you notice I can't hardly talk about one subject without getting on another it's real difficult for me because he goes on to say he goes on to talk about Jesus who gave us this eternal life before the world began but it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought us life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed, he said, I am appointed by God to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. He said, I'm a preacher, apostle, and a teacher. Now these things... When you're telling the truth, they have consequences. They have consequences. He's going to tell you what they are right here. And he says, For the which cause, these are a cause right here. Preacher, apostle, and teacher. And he said, For the which cause, I all so suffer if you're an apostle if you're a preacher apostle and a teacher we don't have any apostles today we got preachers and teachers if you teach the truth about what I'm saying over here and give people information I can't quit giving information I have people call me and say, I never heard this much information. That's all I want to do. You say, but you've said this before. I know that. How am I going to teach God calling Israel, giving, giving Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob's name is changed to Israel, and gives them laws to live by, and says, now I'm going to bring it out of, I'm going to bring it out of Egypt, and I'm going to take you through the wilderness for 40 years, 400 years in Egypt. And God tells Moses, you tell Israel, don't you go after other gods. You go after other gods. I'm going to send the sword. Jim, you've said that before. You know how many times sword, famine, pestilence, and the beast is in the Old Testament over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Have I said that enough? And over again. Don't go after these gods. You do. You're going to suffer at my hand. And when you're reading Joshua, Judges, 
Ruth, first and second Samuel, first and second James, first and second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. You're reading Isaiah. Every one of these people is to talk about Israel going after these gods. Any other God, according to Revelation, got to run back. Let me finish this. I am appointed apostle, a preacher, and a teacher. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed that I'm suffering for Christ. If you're ashamed, you're suffering. You haven't learned enough or you hadn't had enough experience. Because then he says, for I know whom I have believed. Here's some Baptist preacher. I know who I believed. I know it's Jesus. That's not what he's saying. You better find out what the word know is. Find out if it's gnosko. Because both of them, the word gnosko and ido has been mistranslated by the translators into no. And sometimes ido will be translated to see. In fact, Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus said, we know that you come from God because no man can do all these miracles that you do. This is in John 3. No man can do these miracles that you do unless God be with him. But Nicodemus said, we, ito. He didn't say we absolutely are positive because we've learned. He said something stronger than that. He said, we see that the kingdom of God is in you. And then Jesus turned around and told Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, the translators translated what Nicodemus said. We know that you come from God. Jesus turned around and said, no man can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Both of those are the same word, you know. But you're not going to know that unless you look it up. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. If Nicodemus was telling Jesus the truth, he was already born again. You understand that? He said, we see. And Jesus said, you can't see unless you're born again. If you really see, I believe Nicodemus is already born again. Because he said, we see this. Nobody can do these miracles unless it comes from God. And I believe that's Nicodemus' salvation there. Well, you can trace this back, this word know. So Paul said, I know who I see who I believe in. Most people are worried about whether they're saved or not. Most believers. I asked Wednesday night, or I asked last week, I said, how many of you worry about whether you're saved or not? Now, be honest. Have you ever wondered whether you're saved? Well, let me tell you what Paul said. I'm an apostle, a preacher, and a teacher. And I'm suffering for these things. I'm watching me do things as an apostle, a preacher, and a teacher that I did not do when I was out there in the world. I was out there killing Christians when I was in the world. I was killing people for doing what I'm doing now. And I can see the change in myself. I can look in the mirror and say, you're not what you used to be. Mary said one night when we was going home from church, 
said, you have to become something that you don't recognize, don't you? I said, you have to become a person that your old you doesn't recognize. The old Jim Brown don't recognize this man here. When I was 30, I was a young preacher, and I thought people who believed what I believe and had believed in living godly and holy and righteously and living poor in spirit and being compassionate on the world, I thought those were nutty old people that didn't have good sense, and I grew out, I grew older to be one. And we have sense. We find out that getting angry at the world doesn't work. You have to be meek and gentle and kind and tenderhearted. But you need to find out what those words mean. If you don't know, when I teach, I teach meaning, and this is what, I get all these calls from people and say, I never heard anybody talk about all these word meanings or the culture of the first century. I've got so much information on Christmas, I will never get it over to you. I've got so much here on my pulpit, it would take me five years to just go through all this in detail. I don't have time. But if you really want to learn, when you're watching my DVDs, take notes. When you take notes, you'll learn more than if you just listen and don't take notes. Did you know that? If you never read the notes again, you'll learn more by taking notes. Has anybody learned that? You'll learn more by taking notes. Even if you don't read them, you'll learn it. So when you're talking about idololatria, it means has the same meaning as I know, I see who I believe in. I see. And that's the same thing whenever you find the word no meaning to see that Jesus told Nicodemus. Same thing, same word. Idololatria means to serve, latruo, what you see what you put in your eyes and your ears. And that's what Ecclesiastes 1.8 says. It says that all things are full of labor. The eyes not filled with seeing, nor the ear with hearing. You won't just listen to something and hear it. You won't just look at it and see it. Whatever you keep your eyes on is what your body is going to labor to fulfill. You, what you see is what you will serve. That's what, you get this word ido down. Ido is a stronger word than gnosko. Gnosko is, means you learn something. Ido says you saw it happen. It's like standing down here on the corner of New Shackle Island Road and, and uh, Gallatin Road. And somebody says, there was a car wreck down there, and I saw it, and listen to what I saw. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to have you learn what I saw. It's not as strong as if you were standing there, and you saw it. That's the strongest. That's the Ido. I saw it happen. I Ido. So when you learn these things, you have to learn the difference in words. You can't just come up and say, Probably one of the best. I will use an illustration. You cannot come up when the Bible says the natural man. I use this verse a lot. 
natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, things of Spirit. That word receive, the word natural, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. Sukikos. Whenever I am talking to a doctor or a lawyer, they recognize whenever I'm spewing out some information. They know when it's not some denominational opinion. Why? Because they're educated men. I sat in a in a receiving room when I took Mary to the hospital and a couple of the members were there, Tracy was there and Mike was there, and they heard me talking to this doctor. And I'm spewing out information. He's going He was just like mesmerized the fact that I was giving this information out that he had never heard. I asked him, I said, did you know it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America? No, I, I didn't know that. If you give somebody information, information keeps people at bay from you. Just start giving information and they'll go, whoa, I don't want none of that. I don't care if they're doctors, lawyers, or who they are. They don't know these things. They don't know there's a difference in the word no and no. And how are you going to know? Well, that's a good question. Now, the natural man receiveth not. That we receiveth, D-E-C-H-O-M-A-I. Decomai. Now, that word decomai comes from the word deck. You better look this up because you're going to find the word receive that's not this word in the English Bible. What are you going to do with that? You're going to say, well, this sounds like a contradiction. Well, it doesn't. You have to find out what the words are. Deck is the word ten. A decade is ten years. Ten years. And decalogue. Deca. L-O-G-U-E comes from deck and logos. Ten words, ten commandments. Well, but the Bible says uh, Jesus came into his own over there in John. Look at John. And what are you going to do with this? Now, the Bible says dead men Sukikos, the man of the senses, smell, see, hear, taste, touch. This physical man does not receive spiritual things. The word dekomai means to accept. You can't accept Christ. He has to come and birth you. You will accept Christ, but not before you're born again. You will accept his teachings, but only after you are born. Now look over here in John. What are you going to do with this? When it, they seem to contradict each other. 
Look at John 1. John 1. What I'm trying to help you to learn. Information. Find out what the words are. What are you going to do if some if you tell somebody the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, and then you go over and the word natural sukikos is our word physical, the, the dead man. Dead man does not receive spiritual things, doesn't accept spiritual things. Well, what if I go over here to John the first chapter? Let's just say you're talking to somebody and they go to John the first chapter. This is what people will do when you try to tell them about Christmas. They'll say, yeah, but over here it says. You better find out what the but over here it says means, okay? If you don't, they're going to stump you. Look at verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. The world knew him not, talking about Jesus, the word. And he came into his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him. I thought you said you couldn't accept Christ. That word received there is not decomai. It's not. It's the word lambano. Lambano means to reach out and take hold of. Now, can you reach out and take hold of your mother's hand and say, Mama, hold my hand before you're born? You have to be born to reach out and take hold, don't you? So if you tell somebody, the natural man receiveth not the things, the Spirit of God, yeah, but over here it says as many as received him. Not the same word. Same words in the English don't mean the same in the Greek. That's like when you get over to, I've given this to you so many times. Do I believe in the King James Bible? Not really. Why do I use one? Because it comes from the proper text. The text is receptus of the Greek. Don't believe in the Westcott Hort text. That's where the NIV and the RSV and the American Standard comes from. Don't believe in that. 6,500 words are left out of that. But how do I know that? Well, gosh, I did a lot of studying for a lot of years. So, that is the word lambato means to take hold of. Well, read on. As many as received him, to them gave he power, exousia. Now, exousia is not the same word over there in Romans, the first chapter, when the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That word power there is the word dunamis. So if you don't know there is a difference in these, this word here comes from the word E, I, X, actually E, X, E-S-T-I. And from that, 
these are morphemes of words m-o-r-p-h-e-m-e-s morpheme comes from morphe meaning to shape these are word shapes and exist we get our word existence from that god gives us existence to become the sons of god he gives us existence that's the same thing as predestinate, isn't it? I don't know how I got on this. And then from that, we get the word exon. Oh, I thought that was a gasoline. What it used to be, but it means something with power. And from that, we get the word E-I-N-A-I. And E-I-N-A-I -E means to be. God gives us being. If you are a being, you are an existing human person. But you've got to understand these words. So he gives us existence. He gives us power to become. That word become. Genomai. Jim, I won't never learn these words. Well, I wouldn't either if I just sat around not studying them. You know how many times I looked at the word get on mine, my concordance? Oh, about a thousand. I check myself all the time to make sure I was right the first time I saw it. Sometimes I have to change through the years. Nobody gets it right all the time. Nobody. You don't just start off and say, okay, I got it right. You will make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But you can correct that. Nothing wrong with being a human being. But don't just accept these words. Get on my. Gave to become. If you become something, that means you were not that thing before. To become with the word G-E-N-N-E-S-I-S. It looks like Genesis, and it is, but in the Greek, you never pronounce a G like Genesis, a soft G, Genesis. It's always Genesis, but it's the same thing as Genesis. It means nativity. So he's giving us nativity spiritually. He's giving us nativity, and from that we get the word gene. Oh gosh, that takes us into Genie. Genie is the worship of ancestors. And all the the Arab people worship genies and the and Israel worshiped demons, and demons were the ancestors of the Jews. They called their ancestors D A I M O N I O N. And demons started at Babel, that's where it first started. Babel. And Babylon in Revelation 17 and 5 is the mother of all harlots. Harlots. And harlot means idolatry. I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. Means to serve what you see. So you and I have genies in opposition or demons in opposition to God's people 
God gives us existence. I believe what demons are, are evil men, evil men that cannot be converted. I believe that demons, or demon means to distribute fortunes, and that takes us back to the tree in the garden, doesn't it? All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, that's what evil saw in the tree. Notice how all these things are just interconnected. I guess I ought to get back to Christ's mass. Anytime I run across one of these words, I was going to take you. Oh, let me give you one other verse. I love this in Isaiah 64. Let's go over there. in Isaiah 64. This will tell you what I'm talking about. This will tell you that there's no sinner's prayer in Isaiah 64. And that you cannot pray to God and accept Christ. You have to be born by His will. And this will connect you with John 1.13. We were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. It will connect you to those verses in John, the first chapter. By meaning, every you got to look at the meanings of words to find out what something means. Now, when you go over here, back from John, he came into his own, his own received him not. That were received, but as many as received him, received him means to reach out your hand and take hold of something. Lambano is the word. It's not the same word in 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural man receiveth not the things. Don't you think you need to know the difference between the words? So this word over here in John the first chapter, in John the first chapter, the natural man, uh, excuse me, as many as received him, he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. But if they believe on his name, the word name is onoma. Anytime you see whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, onoma means authority. If you call on God's authority, then you're saying, Lord, hallowed be thy authority. Hallowed be your law. Hallowed be your your word of God, your Holy Spirit, they're all the same thing. You're saying that. Hallowed, Hagiadzo, is a form of the word holy, which is Hagios. And Hagios means single or pure. How do you, how do you make something single or pure? You don't. God puts you in the fire and burns out over years. This is adding to your faith. Add to your faith. And the Bible says there's seven things you need to add to your faith. In 1 John 5, uh, 1 Peter, I'll get it right in a minute. 2 Peter 1 and 5. 1 and 5. Add to your faith. And as your faith grows through the year, the inner man grows and takes over the outer man which serves the law of the flesh. And that outer man is the one 
that wants to have his way and serve what he sees, what he puts in his eyes and his ears. You have to train your eyes not to see and not to hear what you don't need to be hearing and seeing. And he says here, I love this verse because this will tell you that you can't pray to God. What? Isaiah 64. Yeah, if you wait a minute, I'll get, I'm going to get to it. Okay. He's funny. Okay, Isaiah 64, verse 6. We are all as an unclean thing. All of our righteousnesses, this is what Isaiah is saying about the believer. All of our righteousness are as filthy rags. Now, I'm going to tell you what filthy rags means, and it's not very pleasant. It's the word ed, E-D, pronounced A-Y-D. It means a filthy minstrel cloth. He said, that's how righteous you are. Everything you can conjure up. And our iniquities... And all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself. You cannot call on the name of the Lord when you're dead in sin, and stir yourself up, stir up, U-W-R is the word stir up in the Hebrew. It means to wake. You cannot call on the name of the Lord to wake yourself from the dead. You cannot pray a sinner's prayer and make yourself wake. What is the importance of all of this? Has the, has the Bible been mistranslated? The English language is a harlot language. It doesn't have the full, full true definitions to it. It just doesn't. If you don't learn, I'll teach anybody how to sit down and look up words in, in a Strong's Concordance. Then I'll show you how to look up look up words in a analytical lexicon to be able to tell what part of speech it is, if it's a noun or a verb, or if it's a past tense verb. Uh, you hear me say arist indicative. It'll have A O R I N D. A O-R-I-N-D in a lexicon. But the best place to look is in an interlinear Bible. That's the exact spelling that's in the original text. And once you begin to look that up, you'll begin to start seeing they can't, the translators could not translate the Bible correctly. We don't have a language that... How in the world can you translate the and why did they put a and an in the Bible? There are no indefinite articles. You got three articles in English. The a, 
and, and the. The indefinite articles means you can have a house, an apple, but when it says the, that's a definite article. These are indefinite articles. You don't have any indefinite articles in the Greek. What the Bible says, 8,000 years, it's not there. The thousand is there. You only, how can you tell whether it's A or N? You have to look at the text. Jim, I can't learn all this. I couldn't either when I started. You know how I learned this? One thing at a time. One at a time. And I have thought about this for decade after decade after decade. I didn't know what I know today when I was 55. Wasn't even close to it. When you left here, I have learned so much since then you can't believe. I didn't know what Halakha and Haggadah was. I had a fellow call me yesterday. He said, I want some tapes on Halakha. I said, okay. I said, do you know what you're getting into? When you find out what these things are about, when you learn Halakha, you find out that people don't even know what the, what the Gospels are about. They don't even know why Jesus was fighting the Pharisees. He's fighting them over their traditionary laws that they corrupted the Word of God when they moved back from the Babylonian synagogue and renamed themselves instead of rabbis, Pharisees. And gosh, that's putting it very simple, isn't it? Now, what does all this have to do with Christmas? Did I finish reading that? There's none that calleth upon thy name that wakes himself from the dead. You can't call on God and wake yourself from the dead. The Bible says this in Isaiah. Wakes himself from the dead to take hold of God. If you ever take hold of him, as many as received him, Lambano, you cannot take hold of God till you're born. You can't say, Mama, get me some breakfast about six months before you're born, can you? Mama, take my hand a year before you're conceived. You can't do that. Now, that gets back to Christmas. Christmas is, is a wind of doctrine. I gave, you a, I gave you a piece of paper. Most of you got it. This is all the different things that the Roman Catholic Church has brought into being in the Catholic Church. And these are the dates that they were brought into the Catholic Church. When you look at the top of it, prayers for the dead. I'm sorry, when the dead are dead, they're dead. When you look at Luke, the 16th chapter, there was a certain rich man who was per he fared sumptuously. He was very rich. He was arrayed in purple and fine linen. And there was a beggar that laid his gate full of sores. And the beggar fain would have the food that fell from a rich man's table. And the Bible says, And the beggar died, was carried into Abraham's bosom. 
What does that mean? You know how many people I've heard try to talk about Abraham's bosom? They well, that's some heavenly place. That was a place at the triclinium table. It's figurative because we don't know that there's a triclinium in heaven when they were eating the Passover. Gosh. <laughs> I just think of this stuff and I'm going... And I can't stop myself from going someplace or another. They were eating at the Passover table, eating at that triclinium over there. Got one on this thing up here. And the fact, the fact that it says that the beggar was died and carried into Abraham's bosom, that had a cultural meaning of the day. It don't mean it's just some heavenly place they go. It's everything has a meaning. Meaning, 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 meaning. M-E-A-N-I-G, meaning. You get that? <laughs> if somebody moved forward out of the ancient world, out of 2,000 years ago, and came to our culture, we helped them find a place to live. We said, we'll get you an apartment. They'll say, what's that? But they can't even say what because they can't speak English. But let's just say they can speak English. And we got you a car. Well, what's a car? Well, what you do is you get into it. Well, how do you get into it? We open the door. What's a door? Now, you get into it and you put it in gear. Well, I don't know what a gear is. You push down on the accelerator and I got you one with a clutch in it, and it's a standard shift. I don't know what a standard shift, I don't know what a clutch is. You realize that what I'm trying to say? You can't just read the Bible and use 20th and 21st century definition to understand the Word of God. Do I believe? I know you won't study as much as I've studied. I don't mean that in a boast. I've been studying for 63 years. Had some bad years what I seek and sell. But I've when I actually know what John three sixteen says, I'll look at it again in the Greek. You know how many times I've looked at it? For God so far. Oh goodness, what is that? That's a coordinating conjunction. It's gonna it's going to fit John 3.16 with previous verses. If you see for or and, those are conjunctions in the English. That means when you see for whom he did foreknow, for is referring back to the groaning in the previous verses. Gosh, I don't have time to go through that, do I? You can't just say, well, I'll read the King James Bible. That's good enough for me. You're ignorant too. You won't stay ignorant? The more you'll watch these DVDs, the more you listen to the definition. I'm not doing this to show off. I want people to learn how to learn. My father's an old country Baptist preacher. He'd get up and read the same five or six verses every every time he got up. Quote the Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Never quoted verse 10. We're his workmanship. Christ Jesus to good works. Well, he could say, not of works, lest any man should boast. Boy, period. Don't ever quote that next verse. And 
and he'd read the same four, five, six, eight verses and shout and tell stories about his life for 45 minutes. There's more to the Bible than that. Where was I? All right. Talking about this, Luke 16. The rich man died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Being in torments, cried, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he may dip the his tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am tormented in this flame. And Father Abraham, well, I was going to tell you about the bosom. The Lazarus died and was carried to Abraham's bosom. There was something at all feasts. They had a triclinium table. They called it a feast table. <coughs> it was a feast table. It was three sides. That's why they called it a triclinium. And they would the the woman would walk in in here, and they would all be laying prone, flat, on this table. And to lie in someone's bosom, they would lie like this. When they were eating. One of their festivals that lie on their left side while the woman came in and laid their food down. And to lie in someone's bosom meant to lean back and talk to the guy behind you. Got pictures of it over there. That thing where they're... Yeah, got it on them. It's... I've heard preachers philosophy on lying in Abraham's bosom, some secret wonderful place up in heaven. It was a picture of the triclinium table in a feasting at an everlasting feast with God. And it wasn't necessarily a triclinium. It was what it was referring to. But a triclinium, there it is. When they were eaten, they'd lean back and talk to Jesus was evidently Right behind John when he leaned back in his bosom. They weren't sitting on one side of a table. The stupidest painting that God ever let a man paint. Leonardo da Vinci was a total idiot when it came to the Bible. He's a great artist, but he was stupid. Puts everybody on one side of the table. Like that old movie. This is never going to work. Okay, everybody, on one side of the table. I'm going to take your picture. It's dumb. Triclinium meant that Jesus was right behind John when he lay up in his bosom and said something to him. Is it I? That's what bosom meant. It meant this. It had a meaning. Goodness gracious. And prayers for the dead. In that 16th chapter of Luke, the, the rich man said, send someone back and talk to my brothers. I've got five brothers, lest they should come to this place. And Jesus said, those who die and come there can never leave there. 
They can't come here, and those here can never go there. And it's not going to do anybody to pray for the dead. They're either in heaven or they're in hell. To be absent with the bodies, to be present for the Lord, and to be dead in your sin means to be in hell forever, like that or not. And then the second thing, making the sign of the cross amazes me that Galatians, the fourth chapter, calls the cross that Jesus died on, called it a cursed tree. And the, and the cross was the sign of Tau, one of the gods of the ancient world. That's where we get the Tau here, the T. Stood for Tammuz, one of the sea gods. Veneration of angels and saints. Let me show you what the Bible says. To venerate means to worship or look up to. Look here. Look over here in in Colossians, the second chapter. Now, you can either be talking about heavenly angels, which would be Gabriel or Michael or one of the angels of God, or you can be talking about earthly angels, which would be the preachers. Or you can have evil angels, which would be evil preachers of false doctrine. And remember, angel, angelos, means messenger. So you can have good angels and bad angels. Now here in Colossians, the second chapter. All right. Colossians, second chapter, the Bible says. Verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility. They're beguiling you and tricking you when they are when they have a humility, comes the word T-A-P-E-I-N-O-O, which is the word humble. Humility is a form of humble. And the Bible says we have to humble under the hand of God. Now you can't, humble means to level, to level self actually means to level mountains, level mountains. Now, boy, where does that take me? To level mountains. If I said when people will quote, Mark eleven twenty three. If you'll say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and not doubt in your heart, you have whatsoever you saith. It don't say that in English. Besides that, what is a mountain? It's a capital city of an empire. Where can you find this information? You look up Mount in McLennick and Strong. It will tell you that heaven under Mount, M-O-U-N-T. It'll say heaven and mounts and mountain and horns are the ruling part of an empire. 
the heavens. When there's going to be new heavens and new earth, what was the old heaven? It's what? Somebody said it. Huh? What was the old heavens? That's quoted out of the 65th. Look where it comes from. Isaiah, the 65th chapter. Do you know that all this has to do with Israel going after those gods? Because a mountain was a capital city. The Bible says that Babylon not only is the mother of harlots, but she was a destroying mountain there. And read the 50th and the 51st chapter of Jeremiah. You'll find that Babylon was a proud mountain, but she was the capital city of the world empire. And she was a, God says, you're a destroying mountain. How has Babylon destroyed the world? Her doctrine. What was her doctrine? Let us make us a, let us make us a name. Name is the word shem in the Hebrew. It's the word onom in the Greek. When men want their own name, they want their own authority or their own doctrine. And the Bible says Babylon mothered all of it, birthed it, and brought it to life and fed it on let us make us a name. I love the verse that describes Babylon over here in Isaiah 47. If she was founded on pride, anytime you see the world drunken with the, with the wine of her fornication, her fornication was let us make us a name. Let's don't hallowed be the name of God in our life. Let's use our own name. Let's use our own fame. Let's use our own self. Make me a name. Look here in 47. This will describe Babylon better than anything. Just about any verse in the scripture. Isaiah 47. I love to refer to this once in a while. When you're making up your own doctrine, which Christmas is a fairy tale. It's Christ's mass. Goodness gracious alive. Nobody told me Christmas was Christ's mass. I was watching a TV that I'd never seen TV before in 1951 when my father bought a little 8-inch TV and all we had was CBS and NBC in Fort Worth and we had rabbit ears and that's all we got. And I was and we watched everything. Howdy doody. We said, it's howdy doody time. It's howdy doody time. We'd watch that because we'd never seen a movie in a house. We'd watch, uh, gosh, what was that? Plunk your magic drawing or froggy. You remember that? And we watched the Midnight Mass. And nobody told me that Christmas was pagan. I'm sitting there as a 12-year-old in 1951 looking at the Pope doing the Midnight Mass and I'm a little kid, 12. Nobody said Christmas was pagan. And I'm sitting there and saying to myself, is this Christ's Mass? Is this... I've heard that Santa Claus was a Roman Catholic priest or something, St. Nicholas. 
Saint Nicholas, Santa Claus. And I was hitting it right on the head. You don't have to be a genius to figure out Christmas is Christ Mass. And if you know anything about the Mass, it's eating human flesh, according to the Roman Catholics. It's just crazy. And if you look at your paper there, where was I going? Right here, verse 8, chapter 47 of Isaiah 47. Therefore hear now this, that art given to pleasures that dwellest carelessly. Sounds like let us make us a name, doesn't it? If you are given to pleasures and you live carelessly, that says in thine heart, I am. That's your doctrine. I am. What I say and what matters is what I am. And none else beside me. Nobody matters but me. That's what Christmas, Christ Mass is about. Christmas is not just a celebration of Christ on December the 25th. It's the culture of the heathens of the ancient world. And nobody matter what am I getting for Christmas. I don't care about anybody but me. I shall not sit a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come on thee, Babylon. In a moment, in one day, the loss of children, widowhood, they shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness, Babylon. It's wicked to say, I'm the only one that matters in my life. You don't have to say those words exactly. All you have to do is look out for number one. That's all. Just look out for yourself. Don't look out for the poor, the brokenhearted, the bruised, those that can't help themselves, those that don't understand. I have people that come here. They can't understand. They are innocent in many ways. And I go around to lift them up, not to put them down. I don't say what's wrong with them. I never walk away from anybody. Says what's wrong with him? What's wrong with her? They can't help that. If they were shortened when they were born with uh, minuses in their life, and that's all they've got. They were made that way because God made them that way. Do we know that? That's the exact opposite of Babylon. And then she goes on to say, for thou hast trusted in thy wickedness and hast none and, and said, nobody sees me. That's what Israel said. God doesn't see us. He doesn't know what we're doing. We're too small in the scheme of things. But he that made the eye, shall he not see? He that made the ear, shall he not hear? That's what Psalms tells us. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath it has perverted thee, thou hast said in thine heart, I am, and nobody matters but me. Have you ever been that guilty? I have. Or maybe you just won't own up to your own sin. If you say, I've never done that, something's wrong with you. That means you were born sinless. Oh, that's one of the things I got on here. 
about Mary. They say that she was born, oh gosh, it's one of those down there. Uh, she was born, gosh. 23. Immaculate Conception of Mary, 1854. Do you know that they didn't know that Mary was immaculately conceived till 1854? Immaculately conceived means she was born without sin, without a sin nature. That's why she was immaculately assumed into heaven, and she didn't die, according to the Catholics. Well, what does the Bible say about that? Look over in Luke, the first chapter. Roman Catholicism is a mess. It's got America fooled. What did I say? Luke, the first chapter. Now Mary is bringing Jesus into Jerusalem after she has delivered and uh, she's come there she had 40 days to uh, go into uh, being separated after the birth and she's Verse 46, this is Mary's words. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord that's in my womb. This is the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. She says, I am in need of a Savior because I am a sinner. You can't have a Savior without having sin. And they say she was immaculately conceived and she never had any more children besides Jesus. And she never had sexual relationship with Joseph other than she didn't have him with Joseph to have Jesus. That was conceived in her was the Holy Ghost. And she he was born of a virgin. But look over here in Matthew, the first chapter. If you pay attention to little words, you'll find some things. Matthew, the first chapter. And the birth of, verse 18, the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, they were going to be married. Before they came together, that means sexually, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example because it was the law of the Jews you had to put a woman to death if she was having a baby out of wedlock, was minded to put her away privately. And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save, possessive pronoun, he owns them, his 
people. He owns them before he saves them because he knew them from the foundation of the world, right? He had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. For he shall save his people from their sin. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was past tense. They were lost before he came here. They're not lost. All sheep have to have a shepherd. When a sheep becomes lost, they don't go boing and turn into a goat. They're still lost sheep. And Jesus has come to save his lost sheep and not one of them will perish. That's what he said. But notice what the Bible says here about Jesus. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God is with us. Now some people will say, Jesus never called himself God. Well, the Bible itself calls him God. He called himself God in John 8 when he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it. And the Pharisees said, you're not 50 years old. You've seen Abraham. He said, before Abraham was, I am. When you said, I am, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I am the door of the sheepfold. When he said, I am, he was saying, I am the I am God of the Old Testament. He told Moses, you go tell Israel. If they say, who is this God that sent you to deliver us from Egypt? You tell them, I am has sent me. Jesus was the I am God. Then he says, and Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took him his wife. And notice verse 25. And knew not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. What does firstborn mean? There's more. Huh? There's more. It means there's more. It means this was the firstborn, and the Roman Catholic Church said she only had one son. Look at Mark 6. Look at Mark the 6th chapter. I can't be there to put all these words. If you'll stop and slow down when you're reading your Bible, you'll find out a lot of things. In Mark 6, Jesus is preaching, and the Sabbath day comes. There in verse 2, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things, and what wisdom is this? which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand. Isn't this the carpenter's son? It's just the, you know, the carpenter Joseph down the street there? This is his son. They're not attributing to him that this is the son of God because they're not believing him. Is not this the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon and aren't his sisters here with us? People say, well, that was his spiritual brothers and sisters. No, it wasn't. Because Jesus said, those that do the will of the Father are my brothers and my sisters in Mark 3. 
They wasn't yet. They wasn't born again yet. James did finally believe God and became head of the council of Jerusalem there in Acts the 15th chapter. And they were offended at him. His brothers and sisters, these were brothers and sisters that born after him. The Catholic Church has got that wrong, don't they? There's a firstborn. That means there's a secondborn. That means there's more coming. And she wasn't a perennial virgin. And she wasn't immaculately assumed. The rest of the Christ Mass is myth. Was Jesus God in the flesh? Absolutely. Did he die to save sinners? Yes. December the 25th has nothing to do with him. December the 25th was the birth of the Son God in the ancient world. Why? Because the Son comes to its comes to the short the shortest days and the longest nights of the year at the winter solstice on December the 21st. And they thought, well, the sun's burning out, so we need to help the sun by having a feast for Saturn, the father of the gods, in Rome. And so what we've got to do is have a seven-day festival. It will be an orgy. We'll call it the Feast of Saturn. That's what Constantine brought in the church in 325 A.D., and called Christmas. Gosh, if people would search and look, they'd find these things out. Look at some of this here. Use of images in worship. That's astounding. Use of images in worship. 375 A.D. What does Exodus, the 20th chapter, tell us? Did you know... The Catholic Bible comes from the Textus Receptus, except they changed these verses here. They didn't like what it said here because they were doing it. Look here in Exodus 20. Exodus 20. I can't go through all of this. I can't even give you all the information on Christmas. I can preach on it all year long. In fact, I'll already do that. You know that, don't you? If I'm preaching on the Old Testament, I'm preaching about Israel going after the sun god and the tree goddess and the Ashtoreth and Molech and Shemash and, and Venus and Osiris and all the gods of Egypt. They were going after everything. But the Funny thing about it, Revelation 17 and 5 says it all goes back to Babylon. Babylon nurtured it. I have a piece of paper here. One year I just sat down and scribbled this out. If Babylon mothered it all, I can't even find it here. I got so many things on this, I don't know what to do with it. Uh, if I find it, I'll just insert it. You know what's wrong with America? They're insane. You can tell somebody the truth. Well, that's your opinion. No, you're insane. You can't think rational. The Bible says this, and you don't like it. That means you're crazy. That means these guys in the world 
And these churches are crazy. If you can look at Christ's Mass and not know that it's Roman Catholicism, you're sick. Do I believe the preachers in the world are sick? Just sick as they can be. I've had a lot of experience with preachers. I used to travel all over America. I preached in churches in New Mexico and Arizona and California and up in Washington State and all over the Midwest. I never ran across a preacher that had good sense. Not one. They don't know nothing about the Bible and about meanings. Here in Exodus, the 20th chapter, Moses goes up on the mountain in the 18th chapter. He gets the commandments from God, brings them down in the 20th chapter. God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above. A graven image, when you take it unto yourself, you're serving it. Once in a while, I'll bring a graven image in. I'll bring a little statue that you can buy down here in a little knick-knack shop. And it'll be a, a, it'll be a little statue of... Uh, Kuan Yin. Kuan Yin is the Madonna in China. Madonna means Our Lady the Ruler. A lady was a ruler instead of a lord. So if you, if you go to China and you say Madonna, you have to stipulate whether you're talking about the Madonna of Roman Catholicism or the Madonna, which is Kuan Yin over there. Q-U-A-N-Y-I-N, I believe it is. Q or K-U-A-N-Y-I-N. Kuan Yin. Kuan Yin in China is the Madonna over there. So you got to... Well, they're both the same. They come out of sun worship, aren't they? And you go on down through here. Gosh. Beginning of the exaltation of Mary... Well, Mass didn't start till 394 A.D. The Mass is eating human flesh. It doesn't matter that Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. So the Catholics stopped right there. But where in the world do they get that they can hold the Eucharist up and it turns into the literal body and blood of Christ? You can't turn something... Presto change, oh, in fact, that's where we get the word hocus pocus. Hocus corpus emphile is the words they utter. That's Latin words. And they came up with hocus pocus out of that. You can go into word histories. I've got it in a word history book. Look up hocus pocus. It'll tell you it comes from hocus corpus emphile. What the Catholics utter over that cracker to turn it into the little body of Christ. And people don't care that when you go into an interlinear Bible, go into an interlinear Bible, and when the Bible says, this is the way the English says it. The English says, except you eat my flesh, you eat my flesh, 
and drink my blood you have no life in you then he says my flesh when you eat flesh and drink blood you're going to need a definition of what flesh is or my flesh the way Jesus said it it's, it doesn't say this in the Greek my flesh is meat indeed my blood is drink indeed how do you find out what that actually says Jim what you do you pick up your interlinear Bible I've got one under here somewhere maybe it's over here you pick up the interlinear Bible and you learn your alphabet I got one up here somewhere I don't know where it is and you look at it, and here's what it says. It doesn't say, my flesh is made indeed. It says, the, my, is a possessive pronoun in the Greek, in the Hebrew, excuse me, in the English. What it actually says is, the, can you translate a definite article, the, into a possessive pronoun, my? No. Did they do that? Yeah. But you can't do that. But they did. The translators did this. Because it's going to be basically impossible to say what it says in the Greek. It says the feminine gender. The flesh. The socks. That's the word flesh, feminine gender. The flesh of me. What would be the feminine flesh of Christ? The head of the man is Christ. The head of the woman is man. We are the body. He is the head. So the flesh of Christ would be the church. Yeah. What? Huh? No, flesh of me. The flesh of me is indeed. Indeed, aletheis means of truth and what I'm doing today I'm doing truth to you from aletheis comes from aletheia a-l-e-t-h-e-i-a aletheia is the word truth so the truth the truth comes from Lanthano I put this on the board so many times maybe you'll get to where you know it Lanthano means to conceal or lie hid lie hid when you place the alpha 
I didn't place the Alpha. It's in the original text. When the Alpha is in front of a word as a N-E-G-P-A-R-T. When you look up a word, when you look up truth, it will say Aletheia. And it will say from the Alpha as a neg part, negative particle. It's going to negate that word lanthano. It means no hiding anything, not concealing. It's just like atypical in our language. Not typical. Same thing. I'm not, I'm just barely getting started. I'm out of time. I, I meant to read to you a bunch of. So he says, the flesh of me is truth, not hiding anything. But the flesh is the church. If you're in the church, you won't hide things. You'll tell the truth. You'll pull the cover off and say, and you say, well, I'm just a baby in this. Well, you have to grow. If you don't grow, you're going to get stale and musty. And you're going to get... The Bible says if you follow winds of doctrine, Christmas is a wind of doctrine. And you follow winds of doctrine, you'll get to a place, you'll go on a vain search, and you'll come to a place where you are past feeling. Apologeo, a past feeling, a p a l g e o. The word means apathetic. Apathetic comes from pathos. Pathos means to feel pain or sensation. And the alpha in front of pathos translates apathetic. It means no feeling. I don't feel anything. I've been going after this thing called Christmas too long. I've been going after accept Christ too long. I've been going after pray the sinner's prayer too long. I've been going after water baptism too long. I don't want to change now. And you get to where you don't care. America's been going. If you think it's people are ridiculous because they won't listen to what you're saying. They don't want it. They don't care. And if you haven't learned enough yet and you're still a baby in this, that's why you don't want it. I can't do anything. I've got, if I say this, please forgive me. I don't mean this in a boast. i got tons of information in my head. I can't hide it when I'm talking to somebody. I open my mouth and it just comes out. I can't stop it. If you get it in your head so much, if you watch these DVDs and take notes on them, you can't stop yourself from saying the truth. I don't kind of get around doctors, lawyers. I get around doctors of theology, and I can't keep my mouth shut. And I like to look at them when they're going. <laughs> they don't have any idea what you're talking about. I hope I can help you understand Education is everything. I tell kids that this is everything to you. If you want to keep, 
You want to make a good living when you grow up? Learn everything. I tell all kids that. Learn everything you can learn about everything. Before you know it, you'll be on a job and they'll put you in charge and make you the boss. Because you know more than everybody else. But you're not going to get that without learning. They aren't going to hire you on a job and pay you a lot of money because you're handsome. Well, they might. <laughs> but you won't last long just because you're pretty. When you say, type, what do you mean type? I can't type. Well, then you're fired. Well, yeah, but I'm pretty. Well, I don't know what that means. I've just about, am I out of time, Mike? Huh? I wanted to read to you, and I just don't have time. This is a paper I did years ago. This is all the gods that Israel went after. Not all of them, but most of them. Baal, Balaam, uh, Grove, Groves, Molech, Moloch, Dagon, Ashtaroth, Shemosh. These are a lot of the gods that Israel went after. And then when I went in here, and Hercules, this all comes out of McClinic and Strong. They'll say Hercules was the Tyrian that was the Tyrian Baal. That Baal was the Tyrian Hercules. The Hercules from Tyre. The birthday was December the 25th. Venus. This comes out of McClinic and Strong. Tell you all about Venus, the goddess of sexual love. She wasn't the goddess of... of she was the goddess of promiscuity. She was not the goddess of love at Valentine's. Baal, generic term for God in many of the Syro-Arabian languages. The worship of Baal among the Jews appears to have been appointed with much pomp and ceremony. And now going over here, I have, I gave these papers out. Then I'm over here with Grove and it goes into a long extended teaching on Grove. And then Queen of Heaven. Mary is the Queen of Heaven, but she got the Queen of Heaven. And here's a, uh, a printing of her on a coin. The head of Ashtart. Ashtart was Asherah or Ashtaroth. Queen of Heaven. Great star in the heavens. And the Queen of Heaven is what they renamed Mary in Roman Catholicism. I can't even get to all this information. If I read all this to you, take me all day and all night, and I still wouldn't get to it. And keep on going to Ashtaroth, and it'll tell you that Ashtaroth, she has the horns on her head, and we get the picture of Satan because it was said that Nimrod went out, Nimrod went out and killed a great bull and put the horns on his head and the hooves around his, his uh, tied them around his ankles, and put they wore the skin of the bull and it'll tell you that Ashtaroth is going with Phoenician deities you get all that out of the McClinic and Strong and then it'll tell you it'll go and it'll tell you that the Ashtaroth which was Venus was never worshipped in human form she was always worshipped in a form of a triangle 
and the Bible says they put a they put a platform on it. Mr. Layard and Layard's Nineveh said they put a they put a a star on top because they all deified in the stars. And John and Jeremiah ten says they decorated it with silver and gold. That's not the Christmas tree. Mary says I'll eat my hat, and I don't even have a hat, but I'll buy one and eat it. And that's the Ashtaroth, the Ashtart, which is another Ashtart, Aster, Ashtaroth comes from the word Aster, which is the Greek word star. They would define the stars. I can't read you all this. And Mithra, the chief god, Mithra was the great competition to Christianity in the first century. Most worshipped god. At times he is represented as a lion or the head of a lion. The most important of his many festivals was his birthday celebrated on December the 25th. Getting mad at McClellan and Strong, they printed these in the 1800s. Don't get mad at me. Have you noticed? Here's Saturn. Tell you all about Saturn and the Saturnalia. I just, I'm out of time. I really want you to, here's an article on the Saturnalia. This is all in McClinic and Strong. The Abbot of Unreason, the same thing as, the, as Christmas where they took a man that was poor and it was the festival of the fool and they put the dunce's hat on him, which is the same thing that the priest of Bell wore. That was the closed mouth of the fish. I didn't even say this last week. It's the closed mouth of the fish, and the open mouth of the fish is like this. And where do you find that? On the Pope, on the heads of all the cardinals. I I can't tell you everything. If I told you everything, we'd be here all day and all night for the rest of our lives. And we wouldn't even have time to go out and witness to people. There's so much to this thing it starts in Genesis 1-1, goes all the way, Revelation 22-21, the story of Christmas. Christmas is the wickedness of self. And that's what God's going to conquer in his people. We're predestined to conform to the likeness of Jesus and come out of, I am and none else beside me. I'm the only one that matters. You still have that attitude or you think you don't have it? If God hasn't broken you of that, you still have it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for what you've done to me, at least. I can thank you for that. Thank you for getting my attention. You keep getting it over and over and over again, Lord. I don't know what to say sometimes. I just, I speak what's in my heart, because out of the abundance of the heart to my speaks, and it angers people. I'm going to do what you say do regardless of the cost. I pray for the church that you'll cause the people to be strong. Help them to realize with strength doesn't come happiness. With spiritual strength comes grief and sadness. Learning the truth is very sad, Lord. Thank you for it. We'll praise you for in Christ's name, fight our battles for us. Give you praise in Jesus' name, amen.
I, I can't get to all these things here on this infallibility of the Pope. Pope could be very infallible because Paul chewed out Peter in the second chapter of Galatians.